Hey folks, welcome back to the Strength is a Cure podcast. In the last episode, I introduced to you the concept that strength is a cure. I feel that it's important to be not just physically strong, but mentally and emotionally as well. When I was diagnosed with cancer, I knew it was going to test my resolve in more ways than one, and I didn't know at the time if I was going to be up to the challenge or not. There was never any doubt in my mind that I'd survive, but I just didn't know how I would be coming out the other side. That first day was a good test, though. I had hoped that Friday, December 11th of 2020 would have been a nice and relaxing day. Two days prior, I had a nosebleed that put me in the ER. I was working for Lowe's at the time, and my boss had to drive me there since the bleed was so bad. Plugging one nostril meant that the blood was coming back up and out the other side. Plugging up both nostrils just simply meant that the blood was pouring down the back of my throat. In the ER, they first tried to use silver nitrate to cauterize the bleed. But when that didn't work, they resorted to packing my nose with a rhino rocket. I'll spare you some of the details, but a rhino rocket is essentially a tampon on steroids that they cram as far up your nose as possible. It's inflated with air and left there for a day or two to stop the bleeding. I didn't know it at the time, but my platelets were really low, and this made stopping the nosebleed all that more difficult. Thankfully, it worked, but not without some painful and restless nights with that tube shoved up inside my head. Imagine, if you will, having a headache because of some intense pressure behind your eyes. That's how I felt the entire time that that thing was lodged inside my skull. Not only was there that headache induced by the pressure, but it also gave the feeling that my eyes were being pushed out of their sockets. Friday morning, and the rhino rocket was out. I was still recovering, and I meant to take the day off and just rest. It was fairly early when my doctor called at around maybe 9.30, 10 o'clock. And for those of you that don't know, it's never a good thing when your doctor calls you. They'll let the nurse call you with the good news, but when you hear the doctor's voice on the other end of the line, you might as well sit down because it's going to be some bad news. And this was no exception. When my doctor called, she didn't tell me anything other than the address at first. It was like she was afraid to say where she was sending me. I knew, though. uh, Something had clicked earlier, and I just had a hunch. And she finally came out and said she was sending me to the cancer center. I wasn't really surprised at the location, but what did surprise me was the time. You know, it still had not set in that this was anything serious. Even though I was being sent to the oncologist, people get cancer all the time. And cancer is still very serious, don't get me wrong, but it's not the death sentence that it was a decade or so ago. So I remember when I got the phone call to go to the oncologist, there was still some disbelief on my part and this lackadaisical sense of detachment. I just had it in my mind that this was just another inconvenience. And that it was easily treated and would be more of a time drain, you know, than anything really life-altering. The next bit of conversation with my doctor quickly changed that perspective. I asked my doc, I said, you know, when would my appointment be? 
you know, I was expecting something early to middle of the following week, especially considering it was a Friday. I was already thinking about having to call out of work again, the effort and trouble all that would cause. I wasn't thinking that what was happening was anything more than a minor disruption to my daily routine. The first indication that I really had no idea about what was in store for me was when my doctor emphatically said, you're going now. And in case that hasn't occurred to you, now is never a good sign when they set you up for a medical appointment. I was thinking they would have had needed a week or at least a few days, you know, to fit me in. Eh, nope. Now. I know I make it sound like this all happened really fast, and it probably did to everybody but me. The torrential outpouring of chaotic instructions and the resulting emotional roller coaster just made it seem like everything was happening in slow motion and underwater. Sounds and lights were far away. There was this general sense of detachment. This can't be happening to me. Or that it wasn't even happening to me, but happening to someone else. I don't remember the drive over to the hospital at all. I just, that's how detached I was. When I arrived, they were already processing my intake, and I just had a few pieces of paperwork to fill out before they did start blood work. It was a fairly quick process, and I saw the oncologist within an hour of getting there. We discussed what I might potentially be looking at, and it would, and if I would need to be admitted immediately. So, while they were looking at the blood smears to determine if I needed to be immediately admitted, they sent me over to have my first bone marrow biopsy in order to get a more clear picture of what we were dealing with. After the bone marrow biopsy, when I sat down with the doctor again, I had to call my wife and have her sit on the conversation with the doctor because even taking notes, I, it, I knew it was just more than I would have been able to absorb by myself. There were all these new terms that the doctor was talking about and all these things that had never even been on my radar before. Even if I hadn't been encased in all this emotional distress, I still wouldn't have been able to figure out everything that was going on. It took my wife and I weeks to piece together everything that was happening. And just now, over a year and a half later, I might be able to discuss things with my doctor a little bit more appropriately. All said and done, I was at the oncologist for almost six hours that day. There are parts of those memories that seem like I was there for days, and then others like I was only there for 20 or 30 minutes. The ranges of emotions were so varied that I couldn't count them all. The mental gymnastics were insane. My mind was flipping from one topic to another, from one conclusion to the next, from getting through the next work day to wondering if I was even going to see my daughters graduate. It's a testament to some of the mental conditioning that I had done in my athletic practices that I made it through the day at all with some vague memories instead of suppressing and repressing it all. So with that being said, here's something that I practiced and still practice to help me further strengthen my mental resolve. And it's something that I hope helps you as well. You ready? Take a cold shower. Yeah, no, that's it. It doesn't have to be a long cold shower, just a quick 15 seconds to start with. I can get into all the scientific benefits of cold exposure and all the other deep benefits associated with cold immersion, 
But for simplicity's sake, let's just go with a simple concept that a cold shower is going to help increase your mental resolve. 15 seconds. That's the minimum. Of course, you can do more, but start there. I promise it won't kill you. It'll only make you tougher. If you can take 15 seconds of seemingly freezing cold water, what else can you potentially face? Think how mundane most other things suddenly come in comparison to 15 freezing cold seconds. It's cheap and it involves no more time than what you already apply to something you're already doing. At the end of your hot shower, toss the knob to cold and count to 15. The ideal time would be first thing in the morning, but life isn't always ideal, as we all know. With that in mind, just doing it anytime is better than nothing. Like exercise, a little can go a long way. So strength comes in many different concepts and practices. Today, we went over some of the mental and emotional aspects of strength. We'll continue to dive more into these later. For the next episode, I'll talk about more about the physical strength and some of the issues I faced and why I think having a physical base is so important. Thank you for taking the time to listen. I appreciate you all and your feedback. I'm Will Kenzel, yours in strength. Be strong, my friends, in all the ways that strength can mean. I'll see you next time.